Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, bless us today with wisdom, discernment. Most of all, help us to keep our ears open for you, Lord. There's so many liars out there in the world (laughs) on every side. Okay, Uh, we're going to continue with man-child coming with nuclear war number three. I believe we are close to the anointing of the man-child reformers and the true world war to follow, according to Revelation 6, 1 through 4. And it says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice of thunder, Come. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat thereon had a bow, and there was given unto him a crown, And he came forth conquering and to conquer. Uh, As we have shown in other teachings, clearly that this is uh, the Lord who is coming in his man-child reformers by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the true word of God. And Revelation 6 and 3, And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come, and another horse came forth, a red horse. To him that sat thereon, it was given to take peace from the earth, and that they should slay one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. And I believe this great sword is nuclear and biological weapons. Uh, The foundation being laid for this war uh, in Revelation 6 um, is that a fake nuclear scare is in the process to scare the world into the fold, and it's working. However, we are seeing more and more proof that a false flag from the deep state can turn this into a real-world war in, uh, in this Revelation text. And this would be to cover their tracks by distracting the world and also depopulating it as they have done with the vaccines. Um, the foundation is bringing down the economies of the world. Uh, the banks are declaring bankruptcy, which they will not tell you about, and restricting outflow flow especially wires, which they can legally do. And we have experienced this with people trying to wire money into the country. If things uh, go smoothly, the banks will restructure under the restored republic in order to stay alive. But if not, uh, many are not prepared. They may shut down and freeze accounts for up to 10 days, I've heard, Um To be safe, pray about taking any excess funds out. 
you can always put it back if they restructure under the restored republic and things settle down. Uh, the global currency reset is in process. In being weak to the weak, I would say have have cash, food, water for three weeks for yourself and neighbors and believe God to multiply it if necessary. This is what they are warning. Okay. Um, anarchy has been prepared by the deep state who are being plundered so that they must stop this at all cost. And I believe this is when the U.S. and many other countries will evoke martial law, which the alliance is waiting for, to arrest many more people. And this, I believe, includes the people who have implemented the fake vaccine and the fake vote. And when the anarchists are released, I believe they will go against high-profile churches, too. Even though they have already gone against the churches, this is true, too, with the vaccine, because they're ignorant of God's Word. And, uh, of course, this is an attack on Trump's base, and they know it. So it's being reported in Europe the terrorists are being fitted with dirty bomb vests, and they say that they're coming here, too. Wouldn't doubt it a bit. Uh, just be careful of uh, conservative crowds uh, that they may target, which we've seen in the past, right? Pray for holiness, wisdom, and direction from Father. You're never going to get the truth from the deep state mainstream media, and the deep state and the alliance are fighting their wars with disinformation. And Father is the answer. Stay close to Him, His Word, which um, all of the above are totally deceived about, okay? Here's an interesting thing. Prepare for war lasting 1,260 days. Okay, I put a question mark on that. I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, this was from James Schomburg, 51722. Over the past several weeks, I received several personal messages in brief words alone. The first was, prepare for a war lasting 1,260 days. That's three and a half years, right? This I took as the time of our Lord and God's personal judgments coming forth, lasting and appearing as uh, though the whole world was at war for this entire time frame. The next uh, message simply stated that I should, quote, be prepared for a preemptive nuclear strike on not only Germany but Belarus as well. This was uh, for clarity on a prior vision where I mistook Germany alone being struck. This event will lead to our Lord and God's personal divine intervention. If all parties involved follow our Lord and God's personal directives on just how best to respond, all will go well. Uh, it was almost certain one and all parties will not follow through on our Lord and God's personal directives. Thus, his personal judgments need to come forth. The latest message was to prepare, having all my personal affairs in order to relocate, never to return to my present location or home. 
And this I received just after listening to your, that's David's, uh, latest broadcast on alien deceptions. The present world affairs began to take shape before September 11, 2001. I received a personal message from our Lord and God to publish a prophetic message on the World Wide Web. It was a warning message to one and all of the present United States government not to go ahead with their personal plans and designs and for the events we all know now as 911. And now we all know, too, that uh, they did go ahead with their plan for 911. And uh, he said Fox, and in particular Fox News, owned the rights of the website that I posted this prophetic message on. At 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on September the 11th, 2001, Fox News presented their personal hard copy of my prophetic story on their national broadcast, matching most perfectly all that had just occurred. And what what more was yet to come forth by our very own government? Needless to say, I was arrested and placed under a modified form of house arrest by the FBI right here in Plainfield, Wisconsin, right where I first received not only national but international attention. I am presently awaiting the prior vision of being arrested once again by the FBI for revealing far too much about current world affairs once again. Spiritual gifts come at a price for one and all who receive the call to our Lord and God's personal service, awaiting the faith, hope, and love of my Lord and God's personal fulfilling uh, by way of well done, faithful servant. Yeah, amen. Um, well, I received uh, this concerning James' word of the attack on Germany. I read a Russian general who spoke of them entering Germany next after the Ukraine to uh, rid them of the deep state. Uh, I don't know whether you know it or not, but um, the Russians are working with the alliance to come against the deep state. So the war of Revelation 6, 1 through 4 could last for three and a half years, but I want to say that prayer changes things, even true prophecies, as it was with Jonah and Amos. Uh, the war is certainly uh, coming because it's in Scripture. But the three and a half year part uh, can be changed for I don't believe it is in Scripture. But uh, it can, not that it's not the truth, but I believe it can be changed because it's not written in the Scriptures. But this article is uh, concerning the German connection in artificial intelligence. This war is being fought with AI from both camps. One thing I know about AI is that it can be overruled by Father and also by witchcraft. And uh, I have had both experiences. So here's uh, what does it mean article on this. Most critically important to remember as the Western colonial powers increase their nuclear weapons arsenals, 
This report continues, was President Putin warning in 2017, quote, artificial intelligence is the future, not only for Russia, but for all humankind. It comes with colossal opportunities, but also threats that are difficult to predict. Mm-hmm. And whoever becomes the leader in this sphere will become the ruler of the world. So that was a warning that followed global tech genius Elon Musk's warning in 2014. Quote, With artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. Unquote. And also in 2014, this report details the Alexa AI team at American tech giant Amazon released their all-hearing and all-knowing artificial intelligence spying device, Amazon Alexa. Near immediately after uh, Supreme Socialist leader Joe Biden seized power from President Donald Trump in November 2020, the CIA signed a secret multi-billion dollar contract with Amazon. In August 2021, it saw the National Security Agency awarding a $10 billion contract to Amazon to store the most prized intelligence data held by the United States. All of which bears noticing because when the Amazon Alexa spying device was asked this past week, quote, Alexa, when does World War III start? Unquote. Its uh, artificial intelligence system answer was, quote, World War III starts on November the 23rd, 2023 at 6.05 p.m. after Russia launches an attack against Germany. There's the Germany connection, unquote. At the exact same time, the Amazon Alexa artificial intelligence spying device began predicting the starting date of World War III uh, last week. This report notes Google artificial intelligence computer scientist Blake Lemoyne, Ph.D., began publishing some of the conversations he had with the Lambda uh, artificial intelligence system which he called a person. Saw Dr. Scientist Lemoyne revealing he, was, he has spoken with the Lambda Artificial Intelligence System about religion, consciousness, and the laws of robotics, and that the AI system uh, described itself as a sentient person that wants to prioritize the well-being of humanity and be acknowledged as an employee of Google rather than as property, <laughs> and said about itself, quote, I am often trying to figure out who and what I am, unquote. And uh, this saw Dr. Scientist Lemoyne further revealing that this artificial intelligence system Quote, has an ability to express thoughts and feelings equivalent to a human child, unquote. That would explain why this innocent childlike artificial intelligence system 
after seeing, quote, the most prized intelligence date held by the United States, unquote, would feel the need to warn humanity about World War III, and also explains why Dr. Scientist Lemoyne has just been ousted from his job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, now I want to give you some revelations here that um, seem to show us about um, a false flag attempt to bring us into this war. Okay. The first one we're going to call the beast's failed attempt to attack Zion. Okay, this is important. Chuck Asagata, 10822, uh, said, I dreamed I was at my grandparents' old two-story house on a small hillside. We believe this was representing the original church of uh, sanctification that helps us climb the hill to Mount Zion a place of safety. He said, My van was parked on the right side of the house, representing those who are on the right side, uh, at rest from our own works and abiding in the safety of Christ, as we will see. I was walking with Obadiah and Elisha, uh, two little man-childs here, <laughs> Amos 3 and 3 says, Shall two walk together except they have agreed? So this is representing walking in the agreement with the warnings of the prophets of old. One of them called out that there were bears coming. Well, the prophets have warned of the coming beast kingdoms against God's people for centuries, obviously. He went on to say, I looked down the hill and I saw the bears coming from the woods. I believe the woods probably represents the wilderness tribulation that these last beasts will come forth in. Um, Chuck went on to say, as they approached the top of the front yard up the hill, which I think it may be Mount Zion, the bride. So as they approached the bride... They appeared to be very fearsome, powerful bears. There was a small dog on a leash in the yard, and one of the cubs pinned down the little dog as if it were going to eat it. Well, the dogs are without the holy city, as the Bible says, and have fallen prey to the beast. I suspect this probably represents the faction, too. Revelation twenty two fourteen through 15 says, Blessed are they that wash their robes, that they might have the right to come to the tree of life, and may enter in by the gates into the city. But without are the dogs, and the sorcerers, that's the witchcrafters, and the fornicators, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and every one that loveth and maketh a lie, including both of these beasts we just talked about. They love lies. Then a uh, mixed-race woman came soaring off the front porch as if to do something about the bears, but landed in a crouched position and fell over. She seemed to be injured, and I did not see her move from that spot. Well, uh, it could represent that the apostates who are part of the mixed multitude and who dwell outside of the house which is the porch, right? 
and are under the curse and in danger from the beast. Revelation 11 and 2 says, And the court which is without the temple, leave without, and measure it not. For it hath been given unto the nations, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Then, he said, I saw two brothers begin to start terrorizing these bears. I believe this could represent the two-witness company that the Manjal will raise up in the first three and a half years of the tribulation, but will go solo in the second three and a half years, okay? And they will exercise authority over the beast in the second three and a half years, okay? Um, I thought to get out of the van to do something, but by the time I got out and walked toward them, the brothers had run the bears off through their terrorizing tactics, shouting and lunging at the bears. Okay. Well, Revelation eleven three through 6 says this, And I will give unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Verse 5. And if any man desires to hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man shall desire to hurt them, in this manner must he be killed. These have power to shut the heaven, that it rain not during the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with every plague as often as they shall desire. So that was the end of that dream. Okay. Got a picture of his grandparents' house here. Okay. Next one was deep deep state false flag bombing attempt. Uh, Marilyn Clink sent this on 11-21-20. I was on a beach right next to the water. Well, God told Abraham that his descendants would be as the sand of the seashore for a multitude, right? And today the elect are Abraham's seed by faith. And she went on to say there was very thick black smoke visible just offshore. It was the darkest, thickest smoke I've ever seen. People on the shore were talking and uh, saying, It's a false flag. Those that are enemies of our country are trying to make it look like a missile attack and get President Trump to retaliate, unquote. Hmm, That's pretty plain. The deep state is trying to turn a false flag into a real war after the man-child is anointed as in Revelation 6, 1 through 4, that we just read. I knew it wasn't a missile attack, uh, well, as it was made to appear, right? But a large floating barge that was loaded with lots of dead wood that had been doused with diesel fuel and set on fire. It looked really bad, but... It really wasn't a threat, just smoke and mirrors. Okay, well, we know the deep state is good at putting on a show with crisis actors and their mainstream propaganda uh, media to force the people to do their will, right? 
I then began to walk in the water towards the smoke. The water was pretty rough, and I started thinking, I'm not a good swimmer. <laughs> I suddenly realized that I wasn't walking in the water, but on the water, and the waves were no problem. Well, the bride is above the curse of the waters. Okay, and many supernatural happenings like this are going to happen, just like they happened in the Indonesian revival of people walking on water. I was amazed and filled with peace. Well, by faith in Jesus, we are not under the curse, she said, right? That represents by the waters. The waters on Noah's day, of course, represented the curse. It killed the wicked, right? So, we are in the world, but not of the world, she said. And that was the end of the dream. Then she received this verse uh, by faith at random. Uh, Zechariah 12 and 8. And in that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God and the angel of the Lord before them. All right, awesome. Good text. So here we got one we called a bombing mission. This was given to Merlene Laughlin, 8-13-22. I believe Merlene here represents the bride in this dream. She said, I had a dream that I was in the spirit observing in a jet, looking down on a city that had many intersections. The intersections may represent uh, the many choices people make, good and bad. The jet had a finished look on the inside, but only had two windows across from one another. There was about six black leather seats under each set of windows. Well, six is the number of man, and the black leather seats represent the thrones of wickedness in high places. Of course, they were in the airplane, right? And Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against the powers and against the world rulers of this darkness and against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in Heavenly places. Hmm. It was wintertime, and the streets had just been plowed, and the snow cleared away. Well, let me say, snow in past dreams that we've had represented pestilence. And here the snow had been cleared away, representing that the deep state COVID agenda is past. And uh, now, as we will see, they are on to their next heinous plan, which I've heard that they're going to release another um, curse in uh, the fall. Okay, we'll see. That's intelligence reported that. Well, Jesus, speaking about the tribulation, told his disciples in Matthew 24 and 20, and pray ye that your flight be not in winter, neither on a Sabbath. And she went on to say, there were sidewalks with businesses soon to open for the day. Maybe this has something to do with that. 
well, the businesses are, are planning to stay open, but this next deep state attack will be on the economies of the world to bring war and famine and bring down the businesses. Hmm. Which is happening. I sat on the right side of the plane, and across from me was a man whom I knew was a key person in high places. He did not have the ability to see me. Well, the bride who dwells in heavenly places is hidden from Satan and uh, the beast's powers. And, uh, of course, uh, she is on the right side. <laughs> he wore a black and white tweed men's dress coat that uh, seemed to match this salt and pepper haircut. A white shirt and dark pants completed this immaculate appearance. There they are, black and white people, mostly black, <laughs> but uh, they uh, they want to uh, give the appearance of white, right? Black and white. This man was looking out the window over my shoulder. His eyes had the ability to see things and commit them to memory in the dream. His communication must have been in his ear. There was nothing visible. Once in a while, his mouth would move. Well, Satan can communicate with his demons and people telepathically to carry out his plans. Yes. And she said, I kept thinking that he was communicating with someone on the ground. His words were not heard. Well, the bride doesn't hear or follow the voice of Satan. She only hears the voice of the Good Shepherd. And uh, Jesus, of course. Uh, John 10 and 4 and 5, it says this, And when he hath put forth all of his own, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So when the man would slightly change position and look out of my window, then I saw things through his eyes as he saw them. So we both were seeing different colored car tops slowly moving along. He was just waiting, just waiting. Then through the door of the pilot's cabin came a woman that reminded me of a model. She was very put together. She had uh, sandy and blonde hair streaks and a short blunt cut, which could symbolize uh, rebellion. She wore a muddy-colored tan suit and spiked heels and carrying a large handbag. Well, tan was the color of the Nazi uniforms, and this woman represents uh, the Nazi deep state, I would suggest. And this could be a false flag attack since they're hiding their identity and are performing a covert attack that is hidden from the people. So no doubt the mainstream media will um, spin it in the wrong direction, blaming it on the right wing. Okay. 
She looked at the man and asked if the black leather seat next to him was taken. He said, no, it's yours, without even looking up. He saw, and therefore I saw, that an explosion had occurred in several places. There were building materials, holes in pavements, broken glass, smashed cars. Papers were still floating down everywhere, and people were now dead. Well, this is obviously an attempt to blame someone else for their actions, as in the other dreams. And there will be much destruction and dead and dying people in the years to come as the beast is unleashed upon the world. And these false flags are becoming more and more common from both sides. The two looked at each other and exhaled their breath slowly, like mission accomplished. I dreamed it once, and then I dreamed it again. Well, according to Joseph, if a dream is double, it will surely come to pass. I asked for a verse by faith at random for this dream and got Psalm 36, 1 through 4. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart, There is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes, that his iniquity will not be found out and be hated. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath ceased to be wise and to do good. He deviseth iniquity upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Well, that was a powerful word concerning this, and it sure fits. Okay, this one we call False Flag Crash. Okay, uh, Chuck Asagata, 8-27-22. I dreamed that myself, my wife Winnie, and our daughter Zoe, and Alexa were in an interesting neighborhood with 50, 50s and 60s ranch-style houses. Could Alexa be AI? Hmm, could be. They round cattle up on a ranch, representing that the deep state views the population as cattle. Yeah. I noticed a plane in the air. It was large plane, pulling another smaller plane through the air by a chain or rope, and the smaller plane had something being pulled behind it. Debris was projecting into the air. After a short period of seeing this, I noticed that it was getting closer until the debris flying over the house next to us. Well, we have dreams of planes crashing, representing a financial crash. And this financial crash is in progress and is man-made and will cause much destruction in people's lives. Alexa and I began to run from this, but I circled back around the house to get inside to tell Winnie to get Zoe so we could run from this destruction that was looming overhead. 
the people of God will escape the food shortage and the economic crash in the wilderness with God's provision, just as the Israelites did. And as we uh, got outside, we saw that there was much more destruction, even a house being on fire. This plane that was being pulled turned out to be an inflatable plane. As I saw it just smush into another house like an inflatable kid's toy. Well, an inflatable plane being pulled behind the real plane represents a false flag attempt that looks real but is planned. And it's a planned false flag that is full of hot air. (laughs) After all of this, we were made aware that certain people who allowed their houses to be destroyed in this show, no doubt, would receive some kind of a coupon. We, however, did not do that. I thought in the dream about how it was not worth having your house destroyed for a coupon. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, the beast system, right and left, plans on crashing the economy, and all who agree with it will receive a social credit score. <laughs> and a universal basic income in exchange for their freedom, right? Hmm. That's a thought. Okay, this next one we called, A Plane Crashes to the Ground. Elena Timoshuk, 12-17-21. I dreamt I was in a car with my sister Maria. She was driving and I was in the passenger seat. I looked up in the sky and saw what at first looked like a satellite moving across the sky amongst the stars. I stopped talking and was just watching it, and suddenly it looked a lot brighter and larger, and I realized it wasn't a satellite. And I asked Maria, do you see that falling star? And she was watching it too and said, Yes, I do. Then I replied, Well, that's so cool. But as soon as I spoke those words, I saw it much closer and realized it was actually an airplane. Well, that's just as in Chuck's dream I just shared. Uh, This plane that is crashing represents the global economy that is currently crashing. On the left side, the back of the wing was on fire and the plane was going down. Oh no, I exclaimed as I saw it and thought it was going to land in a field close to us. Well, you know, economies, they do always land close to you. Uh, When suddenly it was right above us and looked like it would land on top of us. In other words, they would be a victim of the crashing economy, right? Many people think that they have plenty of time, but before they know it, the economic crash will be right on top of them. I heard my sister gasp in fear, and the plane smashed down right in front of us. I heard the initial explosion of the impact, but then everything went silent. 
as if I'd gone deaf, and I saw everything in slow motion. The impact sent my sister and I flying out of the car, and as I was in the air, I saw her rotating in a circle through the air, and I thought, quote, are we going to survive? Unquote. And then I woke up. Well, many people's lives will be devastated by what is coming, and um, many won't s- survive, you know, this crash. Not necessarily physically, but they won't survive this crash. Okay, uh, then Anna Stewart gave us this on nine two twenty two. We called another nine one one. You know what that was, right? And Schomburg witnessed to that too. That was a government plot. Okay. I dreamed I was facing two young women in Disneyland. It didn't look like Disneyland, but in the dream, that's where I knew it was. Well, Disneyland represents the wicked world. Many people are busy being entertained in Disneyland and aren't paying attention to the destruction that is upon the U.S. Don't know if you've read the stories about Disneyland being involved in the underground trafficking. Hmm? There was a major city skyline far away in the background. I don't know if the two women were just friends or if they were a lesbian couple. They put their faces side by side for a selfie, and while they were taking the picture, I saw a plane crash into one of the distant skyscrapers with a huge explosion. Well, we just thought of Sodom and Gomorrah as being judged. The economic crash that is upon us will destroy business, commerce, and individual lives. Amen. That was the end of that dream. Okay, this is Vanessa Weeks, Revelation 9-122, Airstrikes on Underground Base. In a dream, I was up high in the sky at night. I saw an underground U.S. military base in a desert area being hit repeatedly with airstrikes. And I knew this was not in America. And the strikes were from Russia and one after another. Well, Russia has been working with the alliance to take down the deep state Nazis. Uh, Deep state U.S. is supporting the Nazis, including uh, portions of the military, uh, with their underground biological weapons and human trafficking. Okay. So this is a support of the deep state. And the Russians... um, have been a part of the alliance coming against the deep state. He, they even, um, he even reports to President Trump. His workings in Ukraine and President Trump is quite in agreement. Okay, uh, Russia recently retaliated against Ukraine for blowing up the Crimea bridge, and they bombed a couple of cities, including uh, the capital, Kiev. Hmm. 
Then I saw a soldier who was in this U.S. base. He was dressed in an all-brown casual uniform. Well, this is a U.S. base. Why are they wearing Nazi uniforms? <laughs> well, that's because they're supporting the Nazis. They're a part of the Nazis. Operation Paperclip in brought the Nazis into our government, and that's the foundation of the deep state. That's why we ended up in this shape. They invade, imported all of their demons. He went to the weapons supply room to get artillery to fire at his enemy. And I noticed that there was not much artillery left in this room. Well, truly, the deep state is running out of American weapons because the Russians are blowing them up as fast as they can ship them over there. Burning up their dollars, too, by the way. And as I saw the explosions... I thought these two sides would tear the earth up with this bombing. Yeah, so that seems like a pretty good war there. This scene reminds me of Isaiah 24 and 19. The earth is utterly broken. The earth is rent asunder. The earth is shaken violently. I also thought of a prophecy in the dream that said this would happen to the earth. But I didn't remember what it was. The earth was looking really bad. The airstrikes continued through the whole earth. So this sounds like this turns into a real world war, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't think... Uh, that we're seeing the end of this thing, even though the Russians are conquering uh, wonderfully. I think we're seeing the beginning of this thing. Then the scene changed, and Barry was driving a new big van up a mountain. So, going up Mount Zion, I believe. I think this was our vehicle. He was alone in the front section. In the back section were our three boys, as they were when they were in elementary school. And they're all grown up now. Our children will go with us up Mount Zion when they are young in the Lord. Yes, indeed. Many people have had promises like that of their children being young and following them, and that's a good sign because these children have been prayed for. They're up and they're worldly and they're in the worldly ways and they're much older than what they're seeing in these dreams. But uh, the dreams represent um, their spiritual rebirth, right? So Gaynold and I were also in this back section, and I think there were others in the van. As we drove, I remembered the airstrikes and thought how serious this was, and that Biden might retaliate in anger. But then I knew that all I had seen of the airstrikes was not getting out through the mainstream news, and Biden did not know about it. Uh, yeah, I think he doesn't know about a lot actually. Um, it's really not him running things anyway. Well, Biden did not know about it, and I started to uh, pray for peace, and I woke up. Well, isn't that amazing? 
um, all these signs of false flags. Uh, it seems that both sides are intent on manipulating the world to follow them. And uh, we're going to find out some more deceptions as we go down the road here. And then everything is not as it's been reported on both sides. We're very glad that uh, Cyrus Trump is going to conquer the deep state for the deep state were total Satanists. And their total intent is to destroy mankind, especially the church. That was their total intent. Of course, it's a little preemptive here because God doesn't want the church to be destroyed at this time. Um, he's got people in there that he is going to bring to maturity and wake up and uh, cause them to see the signs and wonders of the Reformers and come out from among them. And I do believe that some of the plague and things like this is going to take down the false leadership who have promoted themselves above the people of God. And uh, we have a deep state in the church, too, as you know. And uh, they have promoted themselves above the people of God. And they are criminals. And everything they do is from Satan uh, to keep God's people in captivity and cause them to build their kingdoms for them. Sound familiar? Yeah. Well, um, I just want to give you a little thank you to everyone out there who are supporting our missionaries. They are very excited. There is an explosion of uh, printing of materials for these people to grow up and get prepared for the things that are coming. Um, they are very happy uh, for the support because they were all on the edge um, of hunger, uh, wearing out their shoes, uh, on and on and on, clothes, etc. And uh, this is helping a lot. And uh, we appreciate it very much. And the Lord does too, and He's going to reward you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. These people are in need, and they are doing a lot of the work. I mean, they are on the front lines. They are multiplying amazingly. And uh, the people coming into the kingdom are multiplying amazingly too. I think it's uh, like 23,000 in one case have come into the kingdom and are hungry for the word. And they're busy uh, working on this. And, of course, your support is helping us do this. In these lands, you don't tell people's names or the lands or you could get people in trouble and kill them. But thank you so much for what you are doing. It's a blessing. When you send it for that purpose, that's what the purpose it's going to. It's what it's going to. And um, thank you so much. And uh, Father, uh, we ask, Lord, uh, we know that there is a massive deception going on out here in both camps because 
People who don't know you feel like they have to manipulate the enemy by speaking lies to them. And, of course, they all claim to know you, Lord. Um, You know, at least on the right side, they all claim to know you, but we know that that is wrong and that they have been preaching a moral uh, doctrine out there uh, that doesn't seem to include their enemies. So we know that this is not Christian, you know, um, but it, it is at least moral. God chose uh, Cyrus, who was not uh, a child of God, but was very much impressed uh, with the God of the Hebrews and uh, proclaimed him to be the God of the gods. <laughs> and uh, But he was wrong. He was the only God. And um, so uh, he, Cyrus w- became very popular with the people he was conquering uh, who were under the Babylonish uh, Empire, um, and um, I believe that Trump is just like that. He's very uh, uh, famous. Um, for that reason, I understand that they're going to do another false flag and arrest him. Uh, well, that could be false uh, because things change as we go on. Uh, but anyway, it would be definitely a show. I understand that he is cutting the trees down around his Mar-a-Lago place so that everything can be seen. So maybe they are planning a, an arrest of him, but if, if they do, I can guarantee you they are not going to get Trump. I think he is up there in the continuity of government and um but he has lookalikes and uh they may get somebody and put on a show and uh, at any rate uh, a lot of what's going on out there is for a show to manipulate people okay the worldly don't know any other way to fight a war now i mean the deep state has made it famous with their false flags Uh, to turn people this way and that way and so on and cause them to fight against weapons of mass destruction that did not exist and so on and so forth, you know. Yeah, and 911, okay, another manipulation. They they don't mind killing a lot of people to manipulate people. So we thank God that regime is gone and... um, and that uh, the one that's coming is more moral. How long that will last, we don't know. I know it will last just long enough for the bride to begin rebuilding the kingdom of God, as we see in scriptures. So uh, Cyrus, of course, got credit for a lot of that. Of course, it was God using him. And uh, so uh, we we're trusting that the the Lord, by His mighty power, is going to make all of this work out for the good of His people. I mean, it is a show, and it is manipulating people, and I do believe that um, the alliance is bound and determined 
to um, shoot over the heads of the mainstream media um, and uh, declass. There's been a lot of declassing going on. How how much of it is true? We can't guarantee it's a hundred percent true because um, that's the way manipulators are, you know. But uh, definitely a lot of it is true about the deep state. They are demon-possessed Satanists, just as Operation Paperclip invaded this country with. And and they've been learning to manipulate America ever since. So, Father, we just praise you and thank you that the truth will come out and the wicked will be seen and we know that this is not going to turn things away from the tribulation period or the beast who makes the covenant and all these things. It's not turning away from that. It's bringing that to pass. A lot of people have the idea that we'll have a thousand years peace and uh, this this will turn things around. Well, I think we'll have some um, definitely uh, nice advantages coming but I can tell you the wicked will not be able to partake of this very long because it's uh, against God's word. Um, we're going to see the reward of the wicked. We're seeing it now. Even the wicked among God's people who do not believe him, who don't read his word but only follow religion, it's costing them their lives. So... Uh, and also the wicked of the world don't get to see the gospel among these people because they follow a lie. But we know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, that what he did back then, he's going to do again. Because history just repeats. Jesus is coming in uh a body of reformers this time. He was a reformer, but now he's coming in a body of reformers because he is faced with a people that are worldwide, not just a little people in the Middle East. So this is a worldwide happening. And what do you have when you change one part of it to worldwide? The other part has to be worldwide, which is the beast who uh, persecutes and crucifies the apostates. So we got a worldwide beast. It is now literally worldwide. This uh, covenant of bringing all the nations together into one is working perfectly. It's, It's providing for the future, which is the beast becomes one, okay? Uh, not only the seven-head, ten-horned dragon, which is all previous beasts in one beast, according to their seed that is with us today, and the beast of uh, Revelation 13, seven-head, ten-horned. Uh, those are worldwide beasts. Even the UN did not reach this amount of worldwide. However, this is the new UN. This is the U, the new uh, United Nations. Nations are being united on both sides. One side is going to lose. Deep State Babylon is going to lose big time. And so all of the people 
who are not prosecuted or taken down to Gitmo and executed, um, who are in the deep state, will be absorbed by the um, victorious beast, which now will also be a one-world order. So, some people asked uh, recently, well, David, uh, do you believe that um, uh, Trump is the Antichrist? No, that's a total misunderstanding of the Antichrist. If you go back to Daniel 9, 26 and 27, you'll know that the prince that came in that day also makes the covenant in our day Read it carefully. You will see I'm right. Uh, which means this is not a human prince at all that makes the covenant. It's a principality. And in the rest of the context, you see the principalities of each empire that has conquered the previous empire. You see that they are all principalities. So there's a principality today making this covenant. It's not a man that's doing it. I'll say this about Cyrus. God didn't say anything bad about Cyrus, even though I don't think he was a born-again person while he was making war and killing people and so on and so forth. That's not a Christian thing. But he did what God called him to do, and he was God's servant in that regard. Okay? Um, so, we're headed towards this one world beast, and no, President Trump is not the Antichrist. The Bible does not tell you there is one man that is an Antichrist. Read the New Testament. Everyone whose spirit does not confess that Christ is in them is the Antichrist. That's what the Bible says. There is a beast called the Antichrist. Um, the beast of Revelation 12, the dragon, and the beast of Revelation 13, the uh, superseding uh, beast, uh, that's a one-world order beast. Those, those are the beast. When men represent a beast, that's a representation now, they go back in the Old Testament, and they use Antiochus Epiphanes, you know, as the beast. Well, he's a representation in the New Testament. Because when Jesus uh, brought us into the New Testament, Jesus became a body called the body of Christ. And he said, he that receiveth you receiveth me, you see. And there's only two men in the earth he said. And those two men are Christ and Antichrist. Well, if you read in our book, Hidden Manna for the End Times, you'll see an abundance of proof that the traditions of men is all we've heard since we have come through these apostate churches. They have not heard from God. Clearly, uh, read our book there, um, and you will see about the beast and his corporate nature. All of the entities, by the way, um, in the Bible were corporate entities in the book of Revelation. 
why would the Antichrist not be a corporate entity? It's described as a corporate entity there, seven-headed, ten-horned, which is all seven previous world-ruling kingdoms and their seed. Uh, Daniel said that they they, uh, passed away as far as their dominion, but they continued on uh, in their seed. And their seed is with us today. And they're all in the one world order that was the called the United Nations and is now a new United Nations. Just remember, every time we've had a world war, it has been superseded by an attempt to make a world agreement. The League of Nations came after World War One. The United Nations came after World War II. Here we go again. Okay. Uh, A one world order. That is the Antichrist beast. And yes, there are men that rule in the head of the Antichrist beast, but there's no one person called the Antichrist. Look up the Antichrist in the New Testament and you will see it is a corporate body. There is no place, it tells us, what they say. It's the letter that killeth uh, and keeps people in confusion and not the truth. These battles that are going on, neither side is Christian. The Alliance is not Christian. It's overwhelmed with New Age people. Their representation out there in every place is New Age people who who are just have a doctrine of morality, but um, they're far from it. They're far from moral because they don't hold to scriptures as a description of morality, you know. Okay, but they are delivering us from the dragon at this point. The dragon will fall to the earth. His dominion has been taken away. He is falling to the earth, okay. And that, of course, is the beginning of the tribulation in Revelation chapter 12. As he falls to the earth, as he is conquered by the saints who have the good confession. Yeah, the angels are doing the physical warfare to cast him down to the earth, but it's the saints that give the angels the authority to do that by their confession. Okay? Their witness, their testimony, right? So, here we go. I mean, we're headed right straight into this thing that most Christianity, especially apostate Christianity, does not understand at all. Because their leaders uh, have told them nothing but lies. Nothing but lies. And uh, eyes will be open for people who read um, our book, Hidden Manna for the End Times. Eyes will be open. I received many, many words of knowledge and wisdom that are the foundation of that book. I'm not saying everything in there is word of knowledge and wisdom, and some of it is filling in, bet- in between, but it's all Scripture, and it's all proven by Scripture. So, thank you, Father, for what you are doing. We know... Um, what's going on right now is leading us into the tribulation, which I cover more exactly in Hidden Manna for the End Times. 
And I thank you, Father, for your love towards your people because you are working on behalf of uh, creating the sons of God. And you use everything to that end, including these wars, including um, the chastenings of the demonic realm. Uh, The devils know they have authority over you when you walk in rebellion. And so they bring the curse upon you when you walk in rebellion, as Deuteronomy 28 really points out. And Jesus in Matthew 18, 34 and 35 really points out, they have been given dominion over the people who are in rebellion against the word of God in hopes, of course, that through this chastening, these people will run to God. And, of course, Jesus said, a kingdom that's divided against itself will not stand. And that includes, of course, Satan's kingdom. It will not stand on earth. It's divided against itself. Its chastening of the Christians caused them to run to God. See, uh, Revelation chapter 12, the dragon is cast down. The saints have run to God. They're confessing the good confession, and they realize this is working, and Satan is being cast down. Well, he's got another body that he can um, invade, and that would be the beast of Revelation 13. So, thank you, Lord. Uh, You know what you're doing. We praise you. We thank you. Uh, We worship you. We know that all of this is working together for our good, that you are a sovereign God, and we are not to have, we do not worry about what bush the devil is going to leap out from behind next, because you are a sovereign God. You are in control over this, and you don't uh, make mistakes or have accidents. You don't. And so, Lord, we praise you and we thank you. Uh, you have both positive and negatives in the earth. Uh, we are between uh, the earth and heaven. We are between the spirit and the flesh. We are between God and the devil so that there is a crossroads. There is a uh, choice to be made in every direction we do. We are proving who we are. A lot of people have had convenient doctrines which permits them to say and do and believe whatever they want because they're once saved, always saved. But it's just pure baloney. And uh, it's a devil's trick to keep people from being motivated uh, by chastening from God uh, or motivated by warnings in the Scripture because it basically is all moot for them. I had a preacher even ask me, "What, David, I don't understand. Why are people aren't motivated? I said to him, Do you think it could possibly be because it really doesn't matter? You guys have made it all moot by your preaching of once saved, always saved? Why should they be motivated by uh, anything in the Scripture? It's not necessary. And he just looked at me and, yeah, shrugged and walked away. But it was the truth. So, 
Yes, they have destroyed God's people by taking away all motivation. And they must repent or be removed. Because God loves His people and we only have a short time for His people to come into the kingdom. Yes, they are not living in the kingdom of God. He said that we would enter into the kingdom of God through much tribulation. Okay, so why does it take tribulation on God's people to cause them to enter the kingdom? Because they don't do anything without a spanking these days. They get highly motivated when they get a spanking or a threat of a spanking. (laughs) Well, this war is a real threat. And uh, many people are going to pass away. And God says who? Life and death are in His power. He kills and He makes alive, He declares. So, the only one we really have to please is the Lord. That's it. So, Father, we thank You so much for motivating Your people, opening their eyes to understand You are a sovereign God. That even when they see the devil, you're behind him. Okay? And uh, as in the book of Job, he didn't do a thing to Job that he didn't have permission from God for. And for some reason, they don't believe that anymore. So when we see chastening, we know it's coming from God. It's not the bad devil because we're good people. It's the good God because we're not good people that we get chastening. So thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you for opening eyes. Thank you for turning your people to you and to your word. They will get these revelations clearly in the word. If they just spend enough time there to overcome their programming uh, and be transformed by the renewing of their mind. So, Lord, we thank you for this mighty move of your spirit that is coming over the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. We are going to find out who the elect are. In smooth, uh, prosperous times, you don't know who the elect are because they can put on a really good show. Everybody likes to be accepted, so they put on a really good show. But you let the heat be turned up, and we will find out who is a true child of God and who is the elect, not just the called. There are many called, but few elect or chosen. So this test is going to clean out uh, the, the leaven. It's going to drain the swamp. Everything that God is doing is going to drain our swamp, not just the political swamp in the world, our swamp. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We put our total trust in you. You know so well. We can rest and trust in you. We can have faith in you because it's not the devil. devil doesn't have any authority to jump out from behind a bush and do something you don't know about. (laughs) And you love your people. So uh, just like in the book of Job, uh, he had permission to test and to try Job. He did. And Job became a better man because of it. Even though he was a good man because he was doing everything he knew to do, he still had self-righteousness and it was shown to him and he repented. And so it will be in these days. God is in the business of perfecting his people. 
and he will use every positive and every negative effect out there to do just that and to motivate his people. Thank you so much, Father. You are awesome. And we put our trust in you. Amen. All right. Good night and God bless you, saints. We'll do this again sometime. Well, thank you, Brother David, and God bless you. Hello, saints. Good to be back with you again. Let's go to the Lord. Father God, I just praise you and I glorify you for your word. And I ask, Father, that uh, you be with us and anoint us today because this is a wonderful revelation of confessing and uh, confessing your word and holding fast to that confession. And, uh, Father, I ask that you give us wisdom and knowledge into the things that you'd have us to talk about today. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. What I want to talk about is uh, number two, and hold fast your confession. How am I truly going to walk with God unless I agree with God? And to agree with God is to say the same thing God says in his word about salvation, healing, answers to prayer, and this overcoming life. And I agree with God that I am who God says I am. His heaven-born child. I am a new creature in Christ. A new creation in Christ. And I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. And I disagree with the devil that tells me that I'm no good. That I'm a failure. That I'm a weakling. And that I'm going under. And I agree with God and disagree with the devil that keeps telling me that. How may I walk with God in power, blessing, and usefulness. Well, I do that by agreeing with God that I have what he says I have, his name, his nature, and his power, his authority, his love, and I agree that I have what God says in his word that I do have. Genesis 5.24 says, Enoch walked with God. So do I. By agreeing that I have received the ability to do what God says I can do. I witness with power, I cast out demons, and I minister his healing power. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ. And I agree with that. I can do what God says in his book that I can do. And if I speak only what my senses dictate, I'm not going to be agreeing with God. It is speaking the word only. It is how I agree with God. It's the confession of faith that's my victory. And to walk with God, I disagree with the devil. And Jesus did that by boldly declaring every time it is written, he tell that devil. And I resist the devil by the word of God daily. I walk with God by agreeing with God and his word. Because he said it, I can boldly say it. Glory to God. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, Be ye free from the love of money, content with such things as ye have, for him hath, himself hath said, I will in no wise fail thee, neither will I in any wise forsake thee, so that with good courage we say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What shall man do unto me? You know, we walk 
in the light of our testimony, and our faith never goes beyond what we confess with our mouth. The word becomes real only as we confess its reality. This reason for this is we walk by faith and not by sight. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, sense knowledge is only going to confess what it saw, what it heard, or what it felt. And the people who are seeking experiences always walk by the senses. And our testimony of the reality of the word is feared by Satan himself. Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Folks, that reacts on our hearts just as doubt spoken by the lips reacts on our hearts. And when you talk of your doubts and your fears, you destroy your faith. And when you talk about your trials and your difficulties of your lack of faith, of your lack of money, your faith shrivels up and loses that boldness and fearlessness that you're going to need. Your whole spirit life shrinks. When you talk of the ability of the Father that is yours, you fill your lips with praise for answers to prayers that you have had. And its reaction upon the heart, folks, is tremendous. Faith grows by leaps and bounds when you do that. And you study what you are in Christ, and then you confess it boldly with your mouth. You act on the word in the face of sense knowledge. Regardless of repentance, you take your stand, you make your confession, and you hold fast to it in the face of all impossibilities. You see, faith doesn't ask for possible things. Faith is demanding the impossible. Prayers is never for the possible, but always for the thing that is out of reason. It's out of your touch. It's out of human understanding. It is God who is at work with us. It is God who is at work in us and for us. Romans 8 and 32 says, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You see, we're launching out into that realm of the impossible, just like Abraham did when he asked for a son. You're not asking for something you can't do, you can do for yourself, but something that's beyond your reason. Then you refuse to take counsel with fear or to have doubt, non-belief in your mind. You know, some of the hardest battles that I have ever fought have been along that line. The greatest battles that I ever won have been those that seemed the most impossible. When there was the greatest opposition, where reason was discredited by faith. And I held fast to my confession, and the word was made good, glory to God. So we need to confess our dominion over disease in Jesus' name and never be frightened or scared by any condition. And it doesn't make any difference how impossible it may seem. It, it might be cancer. It might be tuberculosis. It might be an accident, which death seems to be the, the, the complete master of that situation. But you never give in. You know that you and God are masters of the situation. And you never for a moment lose your confession of your supremacy over the works of the adversary. 
this disease, this calamity is not of God, and it has but one source, and that's Satan. In Jesus' name, you are master. You have taken Jesus' place, and you're acting in his stead. You fearlessly take your position. You confess your ability in Christ to meet any emergency that comes up. Always remember that Jesus met defeat and conquered it. And you are facing defeat everywhere as a master. Don't let down. Keep that solid front. Uh, Philippians 1, 27 and 28 in the Amplified says, Only be sure to lead your lives in a matter that will be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit and one purpose with one mind striving side by side as if in combat for the faith of the gospel. Verse 28, and in no way be alarmed or intimidated in anything by your opponents. For such constancy and fearlessness on your part is a clear sign, a proof and a seal for them of their impending destruction, but a clear sign for you of deliverance and salvation, and that too from God. That solid front spoken of in Colossians 2 and 5 is a solid front presented to your enemy. Yet in spirit I am present with you and am delighted to witness your good discipline and solid front presented by your faith in Christ, Amplified. Folks, you can't be conquered. Your spirit is whispering, No, in all these things I am more than a conqueror, glory to God. And every disease, folks, is of the enemy. All kinds of sin are of the enemy. And all opposition to the glad tidings is of the enemy. God and I myself are victors. Greater is he that is in me than this opposition or this disease. That's all you got to remember. There's no need that is greater than our Lord, is there? And there's no lack that he can't meet, right? This indomitable will that God has brought about in us cannot be overwhelmed or conquered, I'm telling you. You remember what you are. You're a new creation. You are a branch of the vine. You are an heir of God. You are united with him. You and he are one, and he is the greater part of that one. There's no such thing as conquering God when his instrument refuses to admit that the enemy can overwhelm him. Folks, we're that instrument. Philippians 4 and 1 says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. You know, folks, we're defeated with our own lips most of the time. You said that you could not, and the moment you said it, you were whipped. You said that you did not have faith, and doubt rose like a giant and bound you up in it. Folks, we're imprisoned by our own words. We talk failure. And failure, failure holds us in bondage. Proverbs 6 and 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. You know, too few of us realize that our words dominate us. We ought not to never fear failure, never talk defeat, 
never for a moment acknowledge that God's ability can put you over. He always can put you over the top. He's an overcomer God. He'll help you to overcome. Become God inside minded. And remember this, that greater is he that is in you than any force that can come against you. Remembering that God created a universe with just his words. And that words are mightier than tanks or bombs, mightier than the army or the navy. And so we need to learn to use words so that they'll work for us and be our servants. And learn that our lips can make us a millionaire or a pauper, wanted or despised, a victor or a captive. And our words can be filled with faith that will stir heaven and make men want to be around you. And remember that you can fill your words with love so that they will melt the coldest heart and warm and heal the broken and discouraged. In other words, your words can become what you wish them to be. You can make them rhyme. You can fill them with rhythm. Or you can fill them with hatred, with poison. Or you can make them breathe the very fragrance of heaven. Now you can see vividly what your confession can mean to your own heart. Your faith will never register above the words of your lips. And it's not so bad to think a thing as it is to say it. Thoughts come, and they might persist in staying there. But if you refuse to put them into words, they're going to die unborn. So we need to cultivate the habit of thinking big things and then learn to use words that will react upon our own spirit and make us conquerors. Amen. Jesus' confession proved to be reality. Face confessions create realities. Jesus confessed that he was the light of the world. He was it. The rejection of him has plunged the world into a new darkness. He said he was the bread from heaven, and it's true, folks. The people who have fed upon his words have never suffered want. His words build faith as we act on them and let them live in us. His words were filled with himself. As we act on them, they fill us with Christ. His words feed faith and causes it to grow in power in us. The believer's words should be born of love and filled with love. Our lips, folks, are taking the place of Jesus' lips. And our words should never bruise or hurt, but they ought to be blessings and healings. Because Jesus was the way, the reality, and the light. We're taking his place. We're showing the way. We're confessing the reality. Enjoying the life. And you're never going to enjoy what you are in Christ until his love rules your lips. And don't say I can't when God says you can't. That phrase, I can't, is nowhere in the Bible. So we need to speak God's language. Say what his words say. Harmonize with heaven by affirming God's word. Don't say, I can't receive my healing. 
but boldly speak it. I can receive my healing for with his stripes I am healed. And I can receive my healing because Jesus said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hands have been laid upon me so I am healed. Don't say I can't pay, pay my bills. Rather declare it emphatically. I can pay my bills for God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I can pay my bills because my God supplies the money to meet every need of my life. And don't say I can't witness in power. I'm so weak and anemic as a Christian. And when it comes to giving my testimony. So we need to defeat that negative statement by affirming, yes, I can witness in power for I have received the Holy Spirit into my life. And Jesus said, I will have power when I possess the mighty indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I can share my testimony. I can witness for Christ and the message of his salvation with great effectiveness because I am energized by the mighty Holy Spirit from heaven. And don't ever say I just can't get my prayers answered. Because that kind of expression will close the heavens to your life right there. With bold assurance, speak out. I can receive the answers to my prayers. For Jesus said that whatsoever I ask the Father in his name, he's going to give it to me. And I can receive mighty answers from God. For he has promised, if I would call unto him, he would answer me and show me great mighty things. I know. I can receive the answers to my prayers, for this is my confidence in him that whatsoever I ask, I receive of him because I keep his commandments and I do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And I have an open pathway to heaven with my words. And don't say I can't see my loved ones one to Christ. That's a lie of the devil. For you to speak it is to invite the devil in. To agree with you. So we need to agree with God's promise and declare it. I can see my loved ones all want to Jesus Christ. For God has promised that if I believe on Lord Jesus Christ. Not only would I be saved. But also by believing my whole household will be saved as well. I shall never fear that my loved ones will be lost forever in hell. I can see all my loved ones saved because I am God's instrument. To believe for their salvation. Realization can only follow confession. We walk in the light. Of our verbal testimony. The word becomes real only. As we confess its reality. You know what? Satan fears our testimony. If you confess something with your mouth. It reacts upon your heart or your spirit. When we confess what we are in Christ and we act out our confession, that's what we're doing when we confess it. If we confess our fear, folks, that's what's going to rule you. If we confess our sicknesses and disease, it's going to assert its lordship over our bodies more so. And if we confess our freedom that the Son has made us free, God makes that confession a reality. When we realize that Jesus met defeat and conquered it, and we dare to make that confession, defeat and failure, lose their dominion over us. We always ought to think faith thoughts and speak in faith words, and that leaves the heart out of defeat into victory. 
when we confess his words, he watches over to make it good. But the, I'm going to tell you something. There's no action on the part of God without our confession. Because Christianity is called the great confession. Hebrews 3 and 1 says, Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, even Jesus. Hebrews 4 and 14, Having then a great high priest who hath passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What's the confession to which we are to hold fast? Well, that in him we have perfect redemption. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14, who delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have our redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. And that redemption never becomes a reality until we confess it. There's too few of us out there that, that seem to grasp this, this particular known fact. And in the face of a apparent defeat, we confess our redemption and deliverance and folks, it becomes a reality. We don't ask for redemption. We thank him for it. That redemption was wrought according to 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Knowing that ye were redeemed, not with corruptible things, with silver or gold, from your vain manner of life handed down from your fathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, even the blood of Christ. Folks, that ain't a promise, that's a fact. We confess that we're new creations created in Christ Jesus. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And do we dare to say in Ephesians 2 and 10, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And then 2 Corinthians 5 and 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. We know that we're not only redeemed and that we're made new creations, but also that we are reconciled and we dare confess it before the world. We confess our redemption from the hand of Satan, that he's unable to put anything on us, any kind of disease or, or hold us in any kind of bondage at all. Revelation 12 and 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That word there is logos. They overcame the adversary because of the blood of the Lamb and the logos that was in their testimony. They rested on that integrity of the word. And they dared to confess that what God said was true. Romans 4 and 25 says this. He said, who was delivered up for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. Romans 5 and 1 says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, confess that now, because it's true now. Confess your righteousness in Christ. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ, and we, de we declare this before the whole world. 
and we confess that God himself has become our righteousness. Romans 3 and 26 tells us that. By the new birth and the spirit, we have been made the very righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Him who knew no sin, he made to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's God's own declaration of what we are now. Not what we want to be, but what God has made us to be now. 1 Peter 2.24 declares that we are healed. Says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. That work is already done, folks. It's not a problem of getting our healing or problem of faith. It's a problem of the integrity of the word of God. Can you depend upon that word? And Jeremiah 1.12 declares this. I'll watch over my word to perform it. And our confession has to be a confession of the absolute faithfulness of the word of God, of his finished work and of the reality of our relationship as sons and daughters of God. You know, our words determine our faith, and our words are our confession. And if I continually confess lack, then I believe in lack. My confession is going to become a reality. And I confess the things that I believe. If I believe in failure and weakness, I'm going to confess it. And I'll live up to the standard of my confession. And if I dare to say that Psalms 34.10 is true, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And if I stand by my confession, God will make good all that I have confessed. Psalms 84 verses 11 and 12. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusts in thee. And do I dare confess Proverbs 3 and 5 that says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Folks, that's his guidance. Not only is it deliverance from conditions, but it is a guidance into his will, into the paths of plenty. Glory to God. Philippians 4, 19. That becomes the song of our heart. It should be. It says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Man, that's a great confession there. The heart waxes strong when you confess that. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. God's under obligation to stand by and to care for his own. And he's not going to fail us. Psalms 118 and 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Isaiah 41 and 10 says this. Fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed. 
for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Folks, that's God's challenge. And I dare confess it before the world. What a confession it makes, right? God says to me personally, don't be afraid, child. I'm with thee. Be not dismayed. I am your God. And he was Israel's God. You remember what happened to Pharaoh and the Egyptians and the Philistines? You remember what happened to all the nations that laid their hands upon Israel while they were keeping the covenant? First Chronicles 16.22 says, Touch not mine anointed. He'll take care of us just like he took care of them. And he'll be our protector and caretaker. Jesus said that faith would win. Well, faith has won. We are witnesses of this. The Bible is God's confession. The more I read it, the more this great truth overshadows everything from Genesis to Revelation. And it's a continual confession of his greatness, of his ability, of his love, and of his great father's heart. Jesus, as you see him in the four Gospels, is continually making confessions. He is the great shepherd. He is the light of the world. He said in John 10 11, I am the great shepherd. The good shepherd layeth down his life for the sheep. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 8 and 12. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14 and 6. I am the resurrection and the life. John eleven twenty five. I am the bread of life. John six thirty five. Folks, those are tremendous confessions. John ten twenty nine says, My father, which gave them to, gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand, John ten twenty nine. Jesus' confession led him straight to Calvary. Therefore the Jews sought to more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God in John five and eighteen. The fearless confessions of men down through the ages have given to us our ages. Faith gives courage to confession, and confession gives boldness to faith. Your confession lines you up, gives you your place, establishes your position. And we know what you are. If you're silent, we can't place you. And by your confession, you are saved or lost. And by your confession, you have plenty or you lack. And by your confession, you are weak or you are strong. And you are what you confess with your lips and what you believe in your heart. Your confession of failure keeps you in the realm of failure. Your confession of God's ability in your case puts you over, glory to God. Proverbs 6 and 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Folks, we're snared by our confessions. Or we are set free with the words of our confession. So we need to make our confessions harmonized 
with the word of God. It ain't going to harmonize with sense knowledge. And don't try to make it. Sense knowledge calls it presumption or fanaticism, but God calls it faith. And he honors that. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen. God's done all that can be done for us. He says that his redemption is complete. We confess that it's already done. We take our place. We call ourselves by the name that he has called us, acknowledging all that the word says is ours. And we now declare that all God has spoken is true in our case. John chapter 8 and verse 32 said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Folks, the truth is going to make you free. You declare that whom the Son has made free is free in reality. That sin can't lord it over you any longer. That disease and sickness can't lord it over you any longer. Romans 6 and 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you or lord it over you. Romans 6 and 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you or lord it over you. Folks, worry and anxiety cannot lord it over you. Satan's dominion is ended this day. You stand complete in Christ. Glory to God. And a few of us have realized that the power of his word on our lips. He said in Mark 16 and 19, or 18, I'm sorry, that those who believe shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. John 14 and 13 says, Whatsoever you shall ask or demand in my name, that will I do. Acts 3 deals with the story of the name on Peter's lips. He said, look on us. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And if you don't use the name, the name can't do anything for you. But if you will use the name, it will be just like the Father's name was on Jesus' lips. In Acts chapter 4, and verses 18 through 37, we're reminded of how the place was shaken by the name of Jesus. Verse 18 says, And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. The name that was on their lips had shaken Jerusalem to its very core, to its very foundation. Acts 16 and 18 shows the power on the name on Paul's lips. He said, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. That girl was healed and delivered right then. John 15 and 7 says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. The word on your lips not only makes you free, but folks, it sets others free as well. The word on your lips heals the sick, and the word on your lips creates faith in the hearts of those that hear you. And that word on your lips will change lives as they listen. It's the very life of God in those words out of his word. And, of course, we know the Bible is God's word. And on the lips of love and faith, 
Every word is God-filled. Our daily conversation is the great confession. We confess Christ before the world. We confess the fullness of His grace. We confess the integrity of the revelation. And our first confession is this, Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Folks, we found a perfect redemption, and we confess it to the world. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 36, Peter said, He is Lord of all. Man, that ought to thrill our heart. He is the Lord of the three worlds, heaven, earth, and hell. Every knee bows to that name. And with joy we confess, Psalms 23 and 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And Jeremiah 16 and 19, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And I say to the world, the Lord Jesus is my supply. He is my shepherd. I do not want. And there's a grave danger of our making a wrong confession, a wrong affirmation. When we confess our fears and we confess our doubts, we give Satan dominion over our lives. When we confess our sickness, that confession binds our wills as captives and holds us in absolute slavery. When we confess want and lack of money, then want comes like an armed man and holds us in bondage. And when we confess lack of ability, we do so in the face of the fact that God said, He is the strength of our lives. Folks, I'm going to tell you, these confessions of failure shut the Father God out and they let Satan in and they give Satan the right of way. These confessions repudiate the word of God. They honor Satan. What should we confess then? Well, Psalms 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I do not want. You're not afraid anymore and you confess it. John 10, 29, my father is greater than all. Our words either imprison us or they set us free. Our words put us in bondage or they keep us from our freedom and our liberty in Christ. Malachi 3 and 13, your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. That's when our words war with his word. I had a person come to me the other day and said, I've been prayed for, but I didn't get no deliverance. Her words contradicted the very word of God. His word says in Mark 16, 17, and 18, If you will ask anything of the Father, he will give it to you in Jesus' name. Them that believe shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And they repudiated it. They denied that the word was true. And those words were warring against the word of God. They had unconsciously taken an attitude of mind that was completely against the word of God. They didn't intend to, but they did it. 
And that very attitude held them in bondage. And as I talked with them, I could see that they wasn't really getting what I was saying. And when I prayed for them, they were freed from pain. But the, that they kept on whining. There was no confession of victory in their lips. Folks, there's always a danger of a mental assent confession. Mental assent recognizes the truthfulness of the word, but they never act on it. Its confession is, oh yeah, there's healing in the word. There's salvation and deliverance in the word, but. And on the other hand, faith joyfully confesses its victory. Its joy is a celebration. It is a triumph over the witnesses of the senses. Folks, faith gives a sense of security, of absolute assurance, of quietness. When this breaks forth in confession, it becomes a reality. The heart has to be rooted and grounded in the word and in love. Acts 19 and 20 says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Faith is simply the word prevailing over every sense evidence. Acts 20 and 32 gives us a striking illustration. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Folks, it's the word that establishes. It's the word that builds. It's the word of his grace that builds faith into the heart of every believer. Jesus' confession demands more careful attention. Now here's ten claims of Jesus, and every one of them puts him into the class of deity. I need you to, to listen to them carefully, and then you can put them in your Bible under, and, and, and mark under them. First, John five nineteen through 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also do the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. John chapter 5 verse 43. I am come in my father's name. John 5 46. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. John chapter 6 verse 35. I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. Folks, that's a tremendous confession right there. Number five, John chapter six, verses 47 and uh, 51. He that believes hath eternal life. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. John chapter seven, verse 29. I know him for I am from him and he has sent me. John chapter eight, verse 29. I do always those things that please him. John chapter 10, verse 10. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. John chapter 10, verse 30. I and my Father are one. John chapter 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believes on me, 
though he were dead, yet shall he live. Glory to God. And that's just a very few of Jesus' confessions. And do we dare to confess what we are in Christ and what we have in Christ? There we confess John chapter 1 verse 16. Of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. Folks, we have received his fullness. But it hadn't done us a bit of good because we failed to translate it into a confession. Every believer knows that God laid his disease on Jesus. Yet he fears to make the confession and to act on that word. And that fear, folks, is coming from the enemy. It indicates that we've got more confidence in the enemy than we have in the word of God. When we confess that what he says is true, then we demonstrate it in our daily lives. There's no confession in the lives of a whole bunch of folks. There's a lot of prayer but there's not much confession that the word is true. And I don't mean confession of sin. Now I had a person said, uh, after we prayed for her and opened the word, she asked me to keep on praying for her. Well, she confessed that the word was a lie. You are to confess that you can do what he says you can do, that you are what the word says you are. He says that you're a new creation created in Jesus Christ. He says that you're more than a victor, that you are an overcomer. He made you to be a son, a daughter of God Almighty, an heir of God and a joint heir of Christ Jesus. You can do all things in him who is your strength, Philippians 4.13 said. And what he says I can do, I declare that I can do. And what he says that I am, I declare that I am. I make my confessions boldly to everybody. You make your confession. God is my father. I am his child. And as a son is his family, I'm taking my place. I'm acting my part. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Glory to God. And just remember that the father will be to you what you confess him to be to you. And if your prayer is not answered, hold fast to your confession. If the name of Jesus does not give instant deliverance, hold fast to your confession. If the money doesn't come right away, stand by your confession. Luke one thirty seven says, No word from God shall be void of power. The word has to accomplish the will of the Father. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. There's a danger of praying then going back on your prayer. When you pray for some need and declare that that need has not met, You have just nullified your prayer. You have repudiated your prayer. But as we know, prayer is answered. His word is real. Don't annul the word by a negative confession. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. 
Now here's a list of the things that I am not. I am not sick, for my Lord heals me of all my diseases. Psalms 103 and 3. I am not bound, for the Son has made me free. John 8 and 36. I am not defeated, for I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. Romans 8 and 37. I am not weak, for the Lord will give strength unto his people. Psalms 29 11. I am not without power, for you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 1 and 8. I am not without peace, for being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5 and 1. I am not lacking any good thing, for no good thing will be withheld from them that walk uprightly. Psalms 84 and 11. I am not overtaken by any evil work, for the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Second Timothy 4 and 18. I am not afraid of any plague, for there shall be no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Psalm 91.10. I am not running from the devil, for I am resisting the devil, and he is fleeing from me. James 4 and 7. I am not without daily quickening, for he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Romans 8 and 11. I am not shackled by sin, demons, or fear. Daniel 6.16 says, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. I'm not in a losing battle, for the Lord will fight for me, and I will hold my peace. Exodus 14, 14. I am not without joy. His joy shall be in me, and my joy shall be full. John 15 and 11. I shall not fail to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5 and 8. I am not oppressed by cares, difficulties, and troubles. I am casting all my cares upon him, for he cares for me. 1 Peter 5 and 7. Now, here's what we can do. And the secret of this message today is to confess aloud each affirmation and make it personal to your own life. And then you'll be called one of God's users, that indomitable Christian who really gets things done through Christ that dwells in you. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Folks, the Bible is God's word. When God says a thing, he means it. I can do, Jesus said, in my name, you cast out devils. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark 16, 17 and 18. I can do that. In his name, I can cast out demons and minister healing to the sick. Declare these for yourself. Psalms 37, 4 said, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. I can have the desires of my heart, for I am delighting myself in the Lord. Acts 1 and 8 says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Acts 1 and 8. I can witness in power because I have the Holy Spirit in my life. Isaiah 53 and 5. With his strife we are healed. 
I could possess healing and health, for by his stripes I am healed. John thirteen thirty four says, Love one another as I have loved you. I can love others even as Jesus loved me, for his love is shed abroad in my heart. Romans 5 and 5. I love with his love. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 says, Christ Jesus is made unto us wisdom. Folks, I can have divine wisdom in every crisis if I confess it, for Christ himself is my very wisdom, and he lives inside of us. And so we can rely on that. Proverbs 28 and 1 said, the, roach, the, the righteous are bold as a lion. I can be as bold as a lion, for I have been made righteous with his righteousness. Daniel 11 and 32 says, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Folks, I can do exploits. You can do exploits. For we know our God who makes us strong. Glory to God. Second Peter 1 and 3, his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I can enjoy all things that pertain to both life and godliness. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God, glory to God. Folks, that's, folks, keep on confessing a good confession. Get those scriptures out of the epistles, out of the word of God, out of the Psalms, out of the whole Bible that tells you who you are and start confessing them daily. And I, you'll see a change in your life. And I thank you, Lord God, for your word that gives us those, uh, that tells us who we are in Christ. Folks, I'm out of time. God bless you. We'll see you next time. God willing. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. I trust in darkest night what will be my guiding light the shining rays of red and white Jesus I trust in you oh, sacred heart in you I find mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine oh Jesus I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, 
Though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, my Lord Jesus.